Hi, this is Vadna Oberholzer for Talent Talks, and today I'm speaking with Georgie Channels about workplace strategy and design. Georgie is a workplace consultant and the founder of Space Sense. She began her career in architecture and over the years has helped many companies to design and develop strategic projects. And under Space Sense, she's helping businesses rethink their workspaces to enable high-performing teams and efficient operations. Georgie, thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Vadna. So you posed an interesting question to me the other day, and it certainly got me thinking. So I'm going to pose that very same question back at you. And that is, Georgie, why do we have offices? What is the fundamental purpose of this space we call an office? I think that's been the big question of 2020. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'd say it's something, the purpose of the offices has something to do with bringing people together for the development of ideas, the facilitation of deals, and also the sense of social belonging that comes with being part of something with a, a purpose that's greater than oneself. I'm sure we've all been reading plenty this year. Uh, and I came across an article the other day, which I thought was just hit the nail on the head. Um, it talked about the history of the office. And if you think about it, the office has always been around in some form, people coming together, developing ideas, making decisions that are going to have an impact on something bigger. Back in the 17th century, it was might have been coffee houses. In medieval times, it might have been guild halls where people of certain trades all came together um, to do business, to have markets. And then you could even compare golf clubs to, to places where people gather to get deals done and to, to network and to develop ideas and, and to create new things. So the office really has many, many different forms, you could say. And I think this year we've all started to realize that, well, I don't think it started this year, but this has been a big year for the mainstream idea of the office is one place where work gets done, but work can be done in many different places. So what you are saying is that we've actually been putting office into a box over the last few years, and maybe we should be taking the concept out of the box and giving it back some freedom of, of what it could look like. Roger, you mentioned, you know, offices bringing people together as a place where you come together to exchange ideas and deals. 2020 saw us being apart a lot more than ever before. How have offices and, and our expectations and requirements of an office changed in the last year? A lot has changed. I think we've learned a lot and we've questioned a lot. And the questioning has come from everywhere, from leadership, as well as from individuals who are now looking at what they do, their daily tasks through, through a different lens. So there's so many also new aspects to consider in 2020. Also, just to say, there were a lot of changes that were happening pre-2020. Flexible working was on the rise. Mobile technology was allowing people to work more than ever from anywhere. So to say, just to summarize, there were many aspects that we're seeing this year in the workplace changing around adopting mobile working were already in play. 2020 has accelerated a lot of the change that was on the horizon. But also, COVID has introduced a whole new group of important aspects to our conversations of the workplace, which are around health and safety and um, mental wellness. Now, that's really interesting that you mentioned mental wellness. Can you tell me a little bit more about why you're listing mental health as a, as a requirement in terms of what we're thinking of uh, that we need from officers? I think mental health has simply become a lot more high on the agenda because we are really seeing the effects of working from home, social isolation, financial and many other pressures playing out. And also with people being isolated, much less space to actually be dealing with mental health problems. People aren't getting out and 
companies are seeing the effects of people's mental health on the productivity um, and on people's willingness to actually engage and be part of the, the work that needs to be done and be part of the business. How does that, in terms of office and the, and the sense of collaboration and coming together, how does that change the way we think of office spaces? It's not just a desk where you sit and work. How is that shaping the way people are thinking about their office interactions and, and where they interact? In the last couple of years, studies have come out to show how people are much less effective when they are using unassigned desks. That is your stress levels and your anxiety, but in a microscopic level, playing out in that your brain is spending its time, its cognitive energy on adjusting to stresses and actually detracting from your ability to do good work. So if people aren't comfortable in the spaces that they are seated and working and standing and collaborating and interacting, they're not going to do their best work. The question now is, how do you create spaces that people want to be in that are actually going to promote productivity and well-being? And when people are feeling good at work, they will do better work. They will connect better with their colleagues. They will be a much more engaged and productive and valuable employee. So the kind of questions that we should be asking around our workspaces is less about how many people can we fit into this and how do we manage uh, having distance between people and optimally arrange the desk is actually far more complicated um, in thinking about what people need fundamentally in terms of their interactions with others and how to create a space that really helps them to do their best work and connect with others. Absolutely. And added to that now, this year, we've all become a lot more aware of health and safety at the workplace. So how clean are the surfaces that we are touching? How far are we from our colleagues? How much air are we breathing in that might not be healthy for us? So there's also One thing, as an example, is there's been a lot of new awareness around the role of office air conditioning and ventilation systems within buildings. You should be regularly cleaning your filters and and you should make sure that you've got the right filters in place to remove toxins, to keep fresh air circulating, which is not only healthy, but it also allows people to think clearer. So that's another thing that we've learned this year is just how important your office ventilation systems are and also around communicating that. Your health and safety in the workplace needs to actually be visible, needs to be communicated if people are going to feel comfortable coming into the space, knowing that the place where they're working, the leadership actually have their health and safety in mind and not doing something about it. Georgia, you've mentioned a a couple of uh, interesting points there around um, health and safety, you know, how we structure our work environment so that it's not stressful for people and they can really do their best work. Um, And then the importance of communicating in that space, doing it very visibly. So I know that many businesses are thinking about what they need from their office, how much space do they need? Some are even abandoning the idea of an office altogether. For businesses that are rethinking their workplace approach and strategy, what are some of the big questions you think they should be asking and think about as they formulate the way forward? Well, firstly, I think it's good to acknowledge that each business is different. Your size, your teams, your your actual your functions of your business, what you aim to achieve, your ambitions, and what resources you have available to you, where you're generally located. Each business has will have its own complexities and, and drivers for for what drives its location and space and, and how they set up their people. But I think the big question to ask is, is your current way of working actually working for your business? And is it actually the best way to ensure your business's success? If you are working in a hybrid manner, is the way that you are rotating your people, giving them 
access to the right people, giving those individuals the right amount of time away from their home or in the workplace or at their home. That's going to work for them and that's going to work for you. So I suppose you could ask the question, the sort of top-down angle is, is what we're doing helping us strategically? Are we still doing our best work? Are we still serving our customers in the best way with these new ways of working? And then from a bottom-up approach, look, ask your employees, like, is this working for you? Do you feel like you are bringing your best self to work with this particular amount of working from home, this particular desking policy, whatever it might be? It is quite a sort of complex dynamic system that is always evolving. And I think it's good to go back to those basic questions of, looking really at a granular level, what are you doing in your workplace? Is it working for you? And maybe your work has also changed over 2020. Maybe your business model has changed. Has the way that you have set up your workplace evolved to actually serve those new needs? Georgie, that's really um, fascinating. So what have you seen businesses do, some of the creative approaches that they've taken in the last few months in answering those questions around whether this workspace is working for them strategically and also giving the right experience to their employees? It's been really nice to see many businesses actually picking up on the communication and engaging a lot more with employees to find out what's working for them and what they need. And that's allowed them also to understand what are those things that are really, really vital to do work and what are those maybe facilities and tools that they need occasionally. Adopting a more hybrid way of working comes with its own complexities. Many businesses doing this, many businesses are doing this at the moment, but there are ways to streamline it and to actually make it quite a positive experience for everyone. For example, I've seen businesses embracing new technology, cloud technology that puts the power in the hands of the employees to book their spaces. You can have a, a desk booking system as well as a space utilization reporting system all built into one app, which then allows, for example, an employee, when they are coming into work, they are able to see where their desk is going to be for the day, all their desk options, book those spaces, book around their teams, make sure that they're going to be with a sense of familiarity with the people who are around them, but also in a way that has been sort of outlined by management as sitting in a socially distant way, as part of a rotation system, So really getting the most out of a small number of desks, maybe fewer desks than before, but in a way that you still maintain a really great energized way of working, you're still connected to your colleagues, you still have access to the facilities you need. That's the one side of it. So some really cool tech and some really nice, simple ways of, of managing rotation, managing desk bookings, and also giving management a view of what spaces are being utilized the most, what are being utilized least, getting a really nice view of the sort of patterns of space use, which is really helpful also for planning your space going forward. Um, you can start to see what rooms are really popular, what meeting rooms are over or underutilized, which desks are the most popular, which are the least popular. There's lots of really great insights you can get from, the, from those sorts of systems. Something else which I've seen, which is also quite simple, is businesses simply asking, what are those facilities that we need all the time? And what are those facilities that we maybe only use occasionally? That's allowed them to get rid of large boardrooms and large training rooms and start to use those more on a, an occasional pay-per-use basis. So taking advantage of nearby co-working spaces and using the, their meeting rooms, which come with coffee and all the services on hand, really convenient and available on a per-use basis. 
So those are just some of the examples of different ways of thinking about the office and really optimizing it so that it, it works for everyone. To me, it sounds like what's happening is that everything that we've experienced, some of the trends that we're already building and, you know, flexible working and, and changing expectations of the office, but 2020 has really just taken that to a new level and that we are beginning to see a far more creative, flexible and responsive approach to, to office space. Yes, I think it's been really refreshing, actually, is that people aren't looking at this as this sort of static old school ball and chain anymore. And people are exploring what it really means to do great work and to bring people together. And there's some really great options. And I think with co-working becoming so popular these days and the flexible work facilities that there are, it's, it's a really nice opportunity to, to experiment a bit, to play around, to find something that really works, you know, that everyone can enjoy. Speaking of things to enjoy, in an office... Do you have a favorite space, a place you really like to be in when you're in, a, in an office space? <laughs> Do you mean me personally? Yeah, personal favorite space. I'm one of those people who changes my position every hour or so. I move around a lot in my work. It just helps me think better. So I like offices in general that have a variety of spaces. What I really do like, what I'm starting to see more of, um, which I think has been largely inspired by the co-working space movement and spaces like WeWork and Workshop 17, which are creating really great environments that people want to be in with great coffee, beautiful furniture, lovely soft seating areas that people just want to be in. And I think I'm really loving those these days, just the, these little sort of breakaway spaces and, and access to different spaces um, that's becoming mainstream that really... It creates a sense of, I don't want to say home, but there's a homeliness about it that's just really comfortable and a little bit more human than our previous open plan, maybe a little bit sterile workplace. <laughs> little cubicles where you hide, yeah. hide away from everybody <laughs> and stick all your family photos up because <laughs> it's your little <laughs> space. <laughs> yes. Well, Georgie, thank you very much for sharing your thoughts with me today. One last question before I say goodbye. There's a lot that we've spoken about. There's a lot to think about, uh, many changes happening in our world. If there's one thing you think business owners and leaders should think about in 2021 when it comes to their workplace approach and design, what is it that you would recommend they, they put up there on their priority list for the year? I would say keep an open mind. I know there's been a lot of media and stories and conversations and a lot of people who have the answers. And I would just say, bear in mind that each business is different. And as a business leader, you know what the purpose of your business is. You know what your ambitions are. So keep to those, but keep an open mind and be open to a little bit of experimentation maybe in your workplace. Uh, it's possible to do short, you could even call them little design sprints where you test a certain concept in your office. You test maybe a rotation style or a desk setup and there's no one size fits all so it really is about knowing what you're trying to achieve knowing what you're working with who you're working with your people what's going to work for them and you you don't inherently know that you have to ask questions you have to test you have to get feedback you have to reflect a bit and it's a process but it can be a really empowering process so I would say go into 2021 with an open mind be open to testing asking questions 
learning, reflecting, and, and finding that new balance of your workplace. Georgie, that's a great piece of advice you've got there for people. And I love the idea of experimentation and testing and, and seeing what works for you and what doesn't. Thank you so much for your time today and for sharing your thoughts on space and that wonderful place we call the office that many people are missing and some want to escape from and how we can make it a, a more wholesome experience, a, a far more responsive place that really meets the needs of people and companies. I'm Werner Oberholzer for Talent Talks. And if you've enjoyed this interview and want to access our collection of articles, podcasts, and videos, visit www.talenttalks.net.